So um, last month I did the theme songs before every episode on the slide whistle, but I don't think there's as thematic a way to start this this month. So um, mm. back up, Jack, I'm a heavyweight. I don't know. Uh, if you listen to the to the end credit song, that's the song they sing. So maybe we'll just we'll all have to just sing a song from the movie. Maybe I. This was uh, how I learned at 30 years old that I Want Candy was a remake. I thought Aaron oh. Carter fucking wrote that song, so that's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, now I'm not upset because I used to like that song, but I didn't really like I Aaron gotta, Carter. And I, now I'm like, oh, it's just a good song. <laughs> I, I got pretty bad news about whether or not Aaron Carter wrote any of his songs. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> is the answer is no? I, I'm thinking probably none except the one about how he beat Shaq. <laughs> Yeah, you definitely wrote that one. Um, so as you guys know, I don't know how to start the podcast yet, so we'll either be talking about Aaron's party or something along the lines of, welcome to Late to the Movies. My name is Ben Holt, and this is a podcast where my friends and I get to fill in our movie blind spots. Every week we'll pick a movie that either I or a guest hadn't seen before and really should have by now. The movie this week is 1995's Heavyweights. And your guests, my guests, everyone's guests, uh, equal equal ownership of the guests. <laughs> Left to right across your podcast dial, we got Will. Hello. We got Robbie. No one's guest. Couple weeks removed from the Jaws episode, and I suffice to say this movie has a slightly lower reputation, um, but I'm excited to kick off a month that is yet to be named. Last month it worked out doing it on the pod. Uh, any catchy summer camp themes i mean obviously we can just go with it's summer camp month hmm. um but if there was like a funnier thing i was thinking of like um playing off of some of like the camp shows that were really big in the 90s like um like like pod juice hmm. salute your cast i like that one <laughs> late to the campies late to the campies <laughs> it's mm. bad by the end of the episode, we'll decide. Uh, all right. Yeah, I'll have um, to think about it the whole time. We're recording this like a week and a half before the episode will actually come out. So we'll, we'll have time to uh, update the description before it goes public. Oh, we're going to pick a really dumb one on the episode. And then by the time it comes out, we'll have a good one. So I wanted to do this one first. Uh, this For this whole month, we're doing summer camp movies. And, and uh, I wanted to do this one first because I wanted to start at least with a fairly straight down the middle summer camp movie before getting into some of the kind of subversions and detours of that sub sub genre um, that doesn't even really exist anymore. No one's really making summer camp movies these days. Mm. Um, but that's so we'll kind of stretch the definition, but I want to start with a pretty normal one. So you didn't tell me this was the um, prequel to Dodgeball. That was pretty cool to see the origin story I and the know. villain from Dodgeball. Well, that, that's all I could think the entire time. I was just like, oh, okay. So this is where he like, like this is his failed star. And then he learned a lesson and he yeah. became super successful. But this is, you know, him in the middle. So it all makes sense now. The The timeline is like perfect because Dodgeball is like, what, 2006? So that would be like 10 years later. Yeah, pretty much. It, it really it, does line up really well. The timeline does work out pretty well. Um, I think Dodgeball might be even earlier than that, but only by a couple of years. Gotcha. Uh, I think we were in middle school when it came out. Would that make sense? That would make sense. Okay. 2004, maybe. Like I think it, I, I remember it being right. a round number, so it was probably, um, you, I don't know. I don't. Yeah. Do you do think, does that happen with you? Because of just like, like the Dodgeballs are round and the number is round? No, just. So, like if it ends just in like a five or like a seven, it sticks out more than if it's just a round yeah. number. Um, 
so as you can see, there's a lot we want to get into in this movie. But first, uh, it's only been, what, like 10 days since the last time we recorded? So Somewhere around uh, there. Have, since the last time I asked you, have you guys watched anything good? <laughs> oh, well, I, that's not the normal question you ask me. You normally ask if I've just watched anything. Oh, okay. Have you watched anything? Yes. <laughs> only bad things. <laughs> um, I watched the new Resident Evil. Oh, the Netflix show? Yeah. The, how the, How is that? The newest worst rated show on Netflix. Oh my God, I need to watch it. It's pretty, yeah, it means people are watching. It's pretty decent. I, it's not great. It's bad. It's not. It has its moments, but it's one of those shows where it's trying to do like, so they took Resident Evil, that exists still. Is Lance Reddick on that? Yes. Okay. And he's well, phenomenal. Well, I love Lance Reddick. He's a uh, Wesker. Okay. Um. So they took the first Resident Evil. They successfully did the nuke and wiped everything out. And now it's 2022, and there's another outbreak happening. Right. Cool. Nice way to like get rid of all the other junk and still keep some of the original. But now they're doing like a flash forward to when the main character is like 30 something. So they're trying to be like a teen drama, but also trying to be like an actual like gritty survivalist thing. And they straddle both worlds, worlds way too hard. They needed to pick a lane. I would have liked either one, but I don't really like the the middle ground. Are you they, know what I mean? Are they trying to like kind of hop on like the Walking Dead train where it's like we need to have drama not just like we're trying to survive. Yeah, like there's a whole like high school crush thing in the flashbacks and like her twin sister and, and then they like must have gotten eaten then. The flash forward and you know like they they do that whole like uh, the sisters don't like each other in the future. So what happened? They're so close in the past and it's, uh, this, this is but, Connor. I love Connor. Like is this a zombie show? <laughs> Yeah, it's like the, they just tripped the boyfriend, got eaten by zombies. She doesn't forgive him. But um, I forgot the the person's name. Ben just said, uh, Lance Reddick. Lance Reddick is just like he holds the whole show together so goddamn well. Um, yeah, he's so man. good. He plays three versions of himself, four versions of himself in it, because he's the Wesker. So like you meet his other clones. Oh yeah. That makes sense. It does. It's it's not a spoiler because it's yeah. Wesker. As soon as you see Wesker, no, 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 you yeah. know there's going to be Wesker clones. Like that's yeah. It just kind of comes with it. That's yeah, it. That makes sense. Have you watched anything? Um. Well, we did go and see Thor: Love and Thunder recently, and I'm still digesting it. I don't know where to put it in the scale of Marvel movies. It was a fun ride. I guess is all I'm really going to go with right now. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Something about Phase Four hasn't been sitting well with me. It's a little, it's a little scattered. Yeah, the the quality is different. I would also we'll say. like to present: we are now in our thirties, and the movies are no longer geared towards us. They no, they it's, are. It's different than okay. that. It's not. It's not just that. I can certainly appreciate. I mean, how much like cartoons and stuff do we talk about? It's not that we're not able to appreciate things that aren't meant for yeah, us. That's fair. Like, I mean, like, well, I'll watch Bob's Burgers all the time, and that's definitely catered toward us. That's old. Yeah. Um, Will you had kind of seen this movie before? I feel like it was one of those that was just on TV. Yes, it was. Like. Just seeing bits and pieces, but I honestly couldn't have told you that Ben Slow was in this movie at all. He's a big part of this movie. He, he is a huge part of this movie, and so that's about as much as I've seen of it. I've either seen absolutely none of this movie, or I've very specifically seen the scene where they're shoving all their candy into the hiding spots, or a nearly identical scene has been done in other movies, which I think is probably the case. 
That's, yeah, that sounds correct to me. But when I saw that scene, I was like, oh, have I seen this movie? Because I felt like I've almost definitely seen that. But like the Ben Stiller thing and like I, I remembered absolutely nothing else. So I don't think... I don't know what the possible end goal would be of this having happened, but I remembered that scene specifically being in daytime and nighttime. Okay. And so then I was like, did they put up a different cut of this movie on Disney plus than what they used to show on Disney channel? And, uh, that they can't possibly have done that. That would be so much work for no reason. Do you think you blended that together with the dead drops? Prime, I assume. Cause that would, that would make, so it's kind yeah, of similar. Yeah, I assume I've done that. So, um, uh, either of you, feel free to do a one-minute plot summary. Who's feeling plot summary? E. All right, I'll, I'll I'll go for it. All right. I would say, um, it's the last day of school. Our main character is real excited to do anything but go to camp, and finds out he is getting sent off to this. What looks to be a very fun summer camp, go-karts, swimming, the whole nine, until he finds out that it's a fat camp and he is quite the uh, large individual. And um, we we get remedied that he's going to fat camp and it turns out to be a good time, then a bad time, then a good time. I guess it's the best yeah, way to, to sum it all up. Yeah, there you go. It's not a very complicated movie, so you didn't need the whole minute. That makes sense. Yeah. Um. So this movie is the first time we'll get to talk about Ben Stiller, Judd Apatow, Paul Feig. The second time we'll talk about Alan Covert, who you may know as the star of Grandma's Boy. I was just, I, that's been on my, like, yeah. it, but as soon as I saw him, I was like, holy shit, is he just a side character in this? Uh, it's yeah. S- it's such a great movie, too. He's a supporting character in Wedding Singer, so we talked about him then. Yeah. Um, what was his name again? Alan Covert, and he's... Uh, Sometimes writer, often producer, and in not always starring in a lot of Happy Madison movies. So this is one of the few movies that he's in that Adam Sandler isn't also in. <laughs> uh, this, this is the same year as Billy Madison, which he isn't in, but he is in in a very small part in Happy Gilmore the following year. Mm. Um, who else? Tim Blake Nelson, I think this is the first time. He's the guy who shows Jerry the, the video at the beginning. Mm. who's only in like one scene, but he's like a huge character actor among um, movie nerds because he's in No Brother Where Art Thou, Battle of Buster Scruggs. Jerry Stiller, his dad? Or yep. no, the camp owner. The camp owner is uh, his his dad and mom, Jerry Stiller and Ann Mira. Oh, it's his mom too. Yep. Um, that, that's amazing. I and then later that. in the movie, he plays his own dad. <laughs> okay. I, I, I had to like a double take. And I was like, oh, that is just him. Yeah. Yes. Um. So... Uh, God, I'm sure we're missing other people too who are like somewhat notable. This who, is who is Keenan. I mean, Keenan Thompson, obviously. Who what? is the nurse? She's not really in that much else. Uh, it's, I, I was like, I don't think I recognize her from anything. But oh, so she, she looks super familiar to me the entire movie. I think she's just got one of those faces. She looked like generic '90s woman, and I was just like, I know, like I haven't seen you in anything else, but she did just look like she looked like the main character in like all the other '90s movies. It, it definitely would have just been like someone's random mom. Yeah, yeah, hundred yep. percent. Like she could have been the mom from Mighty Dogs. Um. But she's not, though many people from Mighty Ducks are in this. Um, uh, the main kid is in Mighty Ducks 1. Keenan Thompson's in Mighty Ducks 2. Is uh, the, Goldberg, the goalie, is Josh in this movie. Okay. Yep. Yeah. What, so, so like the three main kids are all in the Mighty Ducks movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, and actually the main kid in this one is the least 
uh, prominent of any of them. What was with the 90s obsession with random Scandinavians? I don't know. What, like, it's just, it's just part of it. They're just showing up in things. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah, there was just a lot of random Scandinavians. Yeah. I think Lars things. is German, but yeah. Okay. I, I got the instant German vibe. Gotcha. Yeah. I thought he said where he was from. No, Cause, he cause just says, um, in the, uh, it's in, like, oh, I'm from far away. Oh, yeah. In the song at the end uh, credits, he does like an Oompa song. Oh. So he, he refers to it as an Oompa song, which is very funny. Um, so yeah. Nice. Yeah, but yes, he's into DJing and uh this movie's directed by Stephen Brill, who wrote the Mighty Ducks movies. This was his first directing uh effort. His next movie that he wrote and directed was Little Nicky. Then he directs a lot of movies like that. And, uh, Mr. Deeds, Without Without a Paddle, Drillbit Taylor, most recently Hubie Halloween. So have that you is, watched Hubie Halloween? I have not. It's tough for me to get on the wavelength of any movie where Adam Sandler is doing that voice. Uh, honestly, <laughs> it was it was really funny. Is it the little I, Nicky voice? Hmm? Is it the little Nicky voice? It's almost Waterboy-ish, but without yeah, I'd, like I'd the say southern closer to Waterboy. Oh, gotcha. But it, it was a definitely a funny movie. You I know how people it. in northern Massachusetts speak. <laughs> oh yes, it's in it's in Salem. So. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> Main person to talk about in this movie, I would say, is Ben Stiller. Yep. who is um, weirdly jacked in this movie. <laughs> beyond, very, very much. I guess to fit the character, but beyond what he'd re- like realistically need to be. Mm. Um, yeah, so Ben Stiller. This is probably the first thing I ever saw him in. This is the year after Reality Bites, so he's pretty much already <laughs> already on his on his go. And obviously he is uncredited in Happy Gilmore the following year. Oh really? When he's he's in like star mode, yeah. He's like the the really kind of like evil orderly at the old folks' home, right? Okay. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. But- yeah. He's going for it in this one. Mm. What'd you guys think? Not having seen it before. Oh, I liked it. I thought it was really good. Yeah. So so was the vibe of the movie not exactly what you were expecting? Because it's a little, it gets a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> it does get a little weird. I was thinking. I was thinking parts of it where like. Some of the interactions between counselor and kid, I was like, uh, I hope there isn't this uh, this much unsupervised counselor on kid interaction at regular summer camps because I, I can guarantee being at summer camp a lot in my like growing up, yep. we were very unsupervised. Yeah, like all the time. Makes I, sense. I think it was just very much a '90s like movie. Mm. Yeah, some of the vibe of it should go to it's co-written by Stephen Brill, the director, and Judd Apatow, who. Um, is just a couple years away from show running Freaks and Geeks and then becoming the guy in comedies for a while. He's producer and director of, you know, all the stuff that became big, any like R-rated comedy. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so 40-Year-Old Virgin's probably the breakthrough, but before that's, you know, Anchorman, mm. Talladega Nights, Superbad, Pineapple Express, yeah, for getting Sarah Marshall in there. Oh, yeah. And obviously get him to the Greek. Produces Bridesmaids, which is directed by Paul Feig, who plays Tim in this movie. That's really funny. I didn't realize uh, he did Bridesmaids. Yes. Um, and he's his public persona is that he's always wearing like a three-piece suit. So it's funny in this movie that he's wearing like cut-off jorts and a tight T-shirt. Yeah. And like dancing crazy um, quite, quite often because he's also gone on to do... Uh, 
following Bridesmaids being such a huge hit, he did all the other movies that kind of were of that ilk. Spy, Heath the Heat, uh, The Lady Ghostbusters. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Ghostbusters 2016. Yep. I don't know. And, uh, I believe it's called The Lady Ghostbusters. I think it's called The Lady Lady Busters. And, Lady uh, Busters, there we go. Uh, oh, we're going to be hashtagged. No, no, we didn't say anything bad about it. <laughs> And um, it has its moments. I think Leslie Jones is actually really good in it. Um, and uh, yeah, he's uh, most recently, I actually don't know the movie he most recently did. Oh, The Bubble. Last Christmas. Oh, is it last Christmas? Oh. Is that the... Uh, oh, Judd yeah. Avatar. Sorry, you're talking about Kevin Feige, right? Kevin, uh, yeah, Paul Feige. Paul Feige. <laughs> uh, that's the one with... Um, Daenerys is in a relationship with the guy from Crazy Rich Asians and it's Christmas or something. I just, I just remember the trailer. Um, and I forgot her name apparently. (laughs) No, it's Daenerys. Yeah, it's Daenerys. Amelia Clark. And since Paul Feig isn't directing this, I did, uh, movie that we're actually talking about. I, the only reason I'm listing his other stuff is because of in 2018, he made a simple favor, which if you haven't seen is underrated. Hmm. It's uh, Anna Kendrick and, um, Blake Lively in like a, a weird black comedy drama for adults, which they just don't make that much of those anymore. Hmm. I think it's pretty good. I've always wanted her to marry Kendrick Lamar because then it would be Kendrick Lamar and Anna Kendrick Lamar. But yeah, so you mentioned the bubble for Apatow. <laughs> yes. Um, everyone hated that movie. What do you think? Oh, I loved it. I've <laughs> talked about it multiple times on this podcast. I think it's a great movie. I, think, I mean, it sounds like a joke movie, but it oh, did. Was that the movie you told me about? It did only come I out did. like three months ago, and it doesn't feel like it's made much of a cultural impact. I will tell you, it's probably going to end up with a cult following in a couple of years. I think it came oh out a little God. bit too close to COVID. I think that. Yeah, it came out in 2022. I, right. It's like in the middle of COVID. I think uh, some of the jokes people weren't ready for yet. Um, I don't know. I say don't watch it yet. Give it five years and then watch it. Okay. Yeah. But I think people will really find it fucking hilarious once they're not like so close to it. It has a 21 on Rotten Tomatoes out of 100, Um, which it does have someone in common with the movie we're talking about today, Heavyweights, which has a 29% on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? Believe making it the lowest rated on Rotten Tomatoes movie that we've done. And as I've said multiple times, Rotten Tomatoes is bullshit, but at least that shit goes to show you people don't like this movie. Interesting. More than I realized what I thought it'd be a great way to start because I've always liked this movie, but I was a kid the first time I saw it, so who knows? I, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed the movie. Yeah, I thought it was fine. a I thought it's it was a fine. fun time. Okay, so Tim Blake Nelson shows Jerry the video and uh, Jeffrey Tambor sends him off to fat camp. And uh, I've always liked that the yeah, everyone's just like cool, immediately cool. And it's a, it's an interesting setup because you're thinking that this is the kid who's going to be like the nerd or the wallflower that's going to have to like break into the friend group, but it actually starts with him in pretty it, much. It was definitely an interesting setup. Um, it was also, I, I don't know, like they advertise themselves as a fat camp, but it really more seemed like a camp for fat people. It's <laughs> like, more like a refuge. Yeah. Like it just, it did not seem like, like even, I don't know I what I was expecting and they did kind of do it in a different way, but I thought like the guy that was selling him the camp was like, it was a bait and switch. Like he was going to get there and it was going to be like Ben Stiller was already there. No, but yeah. like, I, I think it was more of like a, all the parents thought that they were just going to go there and lose weight and all the fat kids were just like, oh no, we're just having a fun time. Like, don't worry about yeah. it. 
Well, because but was, the, it does seem most of the activities revolve around like physical activity and being outside, which is probably it's more about like changing lifestyle for the kids, which is actually probably like a healthier way to do it. Oh, for sure. <laughs> well, they, they they get to it at the end of like, here's how you cook healthy meals that taste good. And like, right, yeah. you, you just do stuff like that. Like, it's not supposed to be miserable. You're still supposed to have fun at camp. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, the first way wasn't right either, obviously. Like, I don't know if, if you actually had a medical problem where you needed to lose weight. You shouldn't be sneaking candy or, you know. Right. Found a good balance. They're kids. Oh yeah, that's just that's kids. true too. I mean, because some of them were young as like nine years old. I a hundred percent would bring snacks to camp. Oh yeah. Well, I don't, did you ever get sent to fat camp? I think you just went to regular camp. You no, I did snaps. go to Boy Scout camp, and I would debate that might be worse. Oh yeah. Uh, we'll be talking about the Boy Scouts later in this month um, when we do Moonrise Kingdom. Uh, Interesting. But no, it, it was definitely nice seeing like him being all worried to instantly being relieved. Like even yeah. the bus driver was like, he's just all about like having fun. Oh and yeah, just chilling. That's Pat. Pat's cool. Yeah, Pat. Pat was the best of this movie. Mm. I really enjoyed him. Pat's cool, man. I, honestly, I thought the uh, the driving by the line of fast food places was. <laughs> I, I got really a really good kick out of that. There's a there's a trope in camp movies that there's like the cool counselor that all the kids like that you probably trace back to Bill Murray and Stripes or not Stripes that's a war movie and Meatballs. Pat's more of like a buddy as as opposed to Bill Murray's sort of like sardonic thing. But mm. um, yeah, there's always like the cool counselor in these movies. I think they did a good job with that. Like just kind of have it like you said where he's not like an outsider like. The cool counselor isn't like the really suave guy that gets all the girls or whatever. He's awkward himself. Yeah, no, no. it's literally just like, oh, I went to camp here for 18 years and now I work here. Yeah. Yeah, he's that guy. (laughs) And I looked it up, but I think he's like 36 in this movie. Oh, Oh, jeez. Yeah, that's been like, uh, as we've been watching like older movies and you just see people like in their 30s and they look like literally 50, 55 and stuff like that. It's like, geez, what the hell was going on back then? Yeah, seriously. And then you remember all the lead they were drinking and surrounded by constantly. <laughs> yeah. Another big trope is obviously the preppy uh, jock camp across the lake. Mm. That that comes up. That'll, that'll come up again very specifically in one sequence of a movie we'll do later this month i did absolutely love that and i love that the the game was like them against camp mvp it felt like like a fairly odd parent sketch where it's like the losers versus the winners winners win (laughs) yeah i don't know yeah yeah it just it had that slapsticky feel Mm -hmm. yeah the baseball game specifically right yeah Yeah. oh yeah when they're just getting creamed yep uh, that's a fun sequence. This is Camp MVP. Like, of course, those kids yeah, are little assholes. You sent them to Camp MVP. <laughs> uh, yeah. You only have winners here. I'm most valuable. No, I'm most valuable. Kids, 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 you're all most valuable. I love when we're skipping ahead, but in the Apache Relay, when Pat's getting Jerry ready for the big race, and he's like, watch out, this kid races dirty. And you're like, yeah, I bet he does. Those Camp MVP bastards. <laughs> 
It's not just that they're like athletic people. They're also evil. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're all just douchebags. Yeah, we can assume that these 10-year-olds are evil. Well, they're, they're like looking across the lake like, those kids are supposed to be on diets. Like, what the hell are you doing? Why are you looking at them with binoculars? Go to, Mind your yeah. own goddamn business. Camp hopes just living rent-free in their heads. Yeah, right. These camp MVP kids. Are Although, I guess, themselves. to be fair, they were launching fireworks off at that point. So that's probably why they were looking. But whatever. It's not their... Uh, Job to judge. Yeah. So a lot of this movie, uh, like I said, I mean, it was on Disney Channel all the time. I watched it and watched it and watched it. Um, and a lot of it is kind of burning to my brain. We said that last week too with Jurassic Park. So I guess it's in a different way on this one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, just just so many sequences that are. I like. Um, I like a lot. Of, I feel like a lot of the kid performances are actually like pretty solid in this. Like yeah. no, no one's that annoying or cloying. Yeah, no, you no. definitely have like all your different roles like filled very well. I'm surprised that like it's people apparently hated it so much because the, at worst, I just feel like it's yeah, it's fine, it's inoffensive. Yeah. I don't know why I don't know why you'd be so mad at it. No, <laughs> but um, we're giving kids self esteem. We don't like that. Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, and you got a good villain performance. What what else do you need? Hmm. You barely get that in movies like this. It's uh, back in the 90s. They probably were all like, the villain was right. <laughs> Those kids are too fat. <laughs> um, I, I always remember Lars uh, enforcing the buddy system, just screaming buddy and buddy. everyone yelling buddy back buddy. at him. Uh, I don't know why that made such a big impact on my psyche, but that's I've heard that referenced in, in the wild in real life. Oh, nice. Somebody else, buddy. Yeah. Um, well, they might have just actually been doing the buddy system. They could have been doing the buddy system. Maybe that's why they sounded so angry because they couldn't find their buddy. Makes you feel very powerful, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't have enjoyed that summer camp, I don't think. Maybe no. maybe the montage at the end in the Apache Relay, sure. But up yeah, until no. then, it seemed kind of a bummer. I, I think it would have been better if they didn't lose the, uh, the whole park <laughs> or camp. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. If Jerry Stiller was still around to give them a fun camp instead. Yeah. It would have been nice to see how that was. Mm. well they get to do it their way at the end yeah it's funny just like structurally this movie because um i always know like okay i I know ben stiller's out pretty early relative to like the actual climax of the movie it has kind of two because he's out and then they do a montage of the rest of the summer went really good and then the apache relay happens yeah and the montage of the rest of the summer went really good to including the up to the end of the Apache relay is about nine minutes of screen time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It definitely um, goes really quick. It's like, yeah, and that just, that just picks, that takes up a larger space in my mind of, uh, of this movie because the Apache relay is just such a big deal to me for some reason. The last like 30 minutes or so was like probably some of the best of the movie. Yeah. It's that thing that I don't know. Cause like, Brill isn't like a great filmmaker, but he does a lot of weird stuff. And then you got Apatow co-writing with him, who obviously has, I mean, he may be the guy most responsible for the comedic tone of the 2010s. Um, They have a lot of kind of weird places that they want to go with this kid's movie, which I appreciate. They literally take Ben Stiller captive and are like keeping him in, you know, sub- Sub Geneva Convention conditions. I love that. Like as soon as I got him trapped in the hole, I was like, "This is great. This is fantastic." I thought they were just going to leave him in the hole. 
I would do like, worse oh. to someone who made me hike 20 miles. Yeah, no, absolutely. I thought oh, yeah, I no, thought everything awful. they did was fine. I was like, well, they're in the woods. I don't know yeah. how anyone's going to stop them. I love that they like tied them to a tree too and slapped their lives in honey. That was hilarious. But it was like, wow, this would not this would not be okay to do in a movie today. Yeah. No, but it definitely made it, especially when the deer shows up and he's just shrieking in terror. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If the music was different, it could be more Lord of the Flies feeling, I think, than... <laughs> than fun kids movie but. yeah i i did really question the uh it was one of like the camp counselors who used to be like one of the kids yeah he's, he's like he's, I know he swaps allegiances like every minute in this movie <laughs> he's like oh i used to be here this is where they keep all the snacks yeah and then like two seconds later he was like i'm supplying snacks to everyone yeah <laughs> it was after like the i guess two weeks of camp yeah yeah, yeah. So he's he's he switched sides to the Berkus team, and then he's cheering just as loud as anyone else when he falls in the hole on, yeah. the, on the hike. I, I'm assuming he was like, "Oh yeah, like being fits good." And then he just sees how crazy Ben Stiller is. He's like, oh, "Okay, never mind. Uh, my bad, guys." Yeah, I like that. It's like he's kind of stocky, so you can imagine that he was like a chubby kid, but his mm. baby started to be more fitnessy and he's kind of just more like built now i guess yeah, he just found like his thing <laughs> he found his thing yeah it's weight weight training probably he's, <laughs> he's more bulky um and he's uh there's a couple times so alan covert's kenny the cameraman um at the end of the apache relay he looks distraught when when their team wins so it's like did he just get the wrong stage direction oh i think he was betting on it Oh, I like that. <laughs> that's that's what I you know, assume. That's I, that's a great way to headcanon it because it it shows a shot of all the counselors, plus like Lars and Kenny and uh, everyone's just like cheering. It's just typical end of the thing that he like puts both hands on the side of his head and is just, like screaming in in dismay. Like, what the hell? <laughs> they were probably trying to go for super yeah. excited, but yeah, I, I assume they were trying to go for super excited. But everyone else is like pumping their fist or looking happy, and he does not. <laughs> he's just—he's got a running bet that they always win. It's as easy, like you know, I get one point two percent. Yeah, I, I feel like every other scene you look at him, and he's either like just drinking or like not having a good time. So yeah, he just wants to get paid. So he probably did bet on it, and he thought it was easy money. Yep. Uh, I do love at the end where he's just like, all right, well, I guess you can run the camp. That's fine. Who's been here the longest? Yeah, I remember when jobs used to work that way. <laughs> yeah, you just walk right into the boss's office and say, I'd like a job, sir, and you're set till retirement. And that's it. Yep. So, starting this point, somebody comes along and goes, we need a new manager. All right, who's been here? You? All right, you're the new manager now. Now, now you'll work in this factory for the next 30 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Steady raises, a six-figure salary by the time you retire, and <laughs> all because he liked the cut of my jib. I just came in and said, I'm the man for this job. Where is that from? Oh, it's just from P uh, old people telling us how to get jobs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sounds about right. Um, what does that have to do with this movie? Interesting. Oh, yeah. So, Pat, Pat just takes over. We are focused really on this last, like, 20, 30 minutes of this movie, but it's an hour and a half long. So I, I feel like that's just, like, the bulk of it. You're, like, slowly setting up, like, the last 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a lot of good stuff before that, then. I like... Um, I keep forgetting the actor's name. Sean something. Uh, I'm so bad with Yeah. Names. The guy who plays Josh, who plays Goldberg in the Mighty Ducks movies. Mm. Um, oh, he disappears. Yeah, I like when he comes. That's a good bit. That, that he was came a really with. good bit. That was really, uh, he did it for long enough, too, where like I thought it was a bit when he started, yeah. and then I wasn't sure by the end of it. And I was like, ah, oh, it was a bit. You you, you rode that just long enough. <laughs> I don't want to over-credit this movie, but that is like the half step above 
the normal level of intelligence for the writing of these things is that the characters also think it's a bit when he starts doing it, right. but he does it long enough that you're like, Oh, maybe he's been lobotomized. I, I was going to guess they were going to say he did shock therapy to try to make him a, like have food aversion or something. Uh, I was like, wow, that one's surprisingly dark for a Disney show, but that's, oh yeah, no, he's like, no, I'm just screwing with everyone. Yeah. That's uh Sean Weiss. And it's weird, like a lot of people who like, he doesn't look like he's that young in this movie, but he's only 43 now. So he's only like. <laughs> I thought, I thought you were going to say, he doesn't look that young in the movie, but he's only 43. I was like, whoa, <laughs> what? And he's playing a high schooler. <laughs> yeah. He's 43? Yeah, yeah. So that's what, it's, it's, what in the name of Andy Millinock? It does say, it does, they kind of, I don't know, I'm just babbling again. It does seem like they have a pretty wide age age range for the uh, campers too. Oh yeah, I'm assuming. Yeah, it's it just seemed, all grades. It was like nine to fifteen, which they never uh, remind the age range. I don't know why it reminded me, but like when they had that like dance scene, there was just one random couple like just making out in the middle of the dance floor. They just never touch on that again. Yep. Yeah, it was, it was like, oh one. hey, we're here to humiliate you, but oh, you guys are having a good time. Never mind, we're gonna end it. Yeah. No, that was a really cool scene. That was very well done. I like that scene too. And that's, of course, as we mentioned before, Paul Feig just dancing crazy yep. to uh, Love Machine, which I don't know if that's the thing you want on there. but I think it was on our at our eighth grade dances. I distinctly remember Love Machine. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there were a lot PG's worse ones. Fine. Or at least I definitely remember Love Shack, maybe not Love Machine. The Aaron Schwartz is the main guy. And the point I was going to make was that it seems like a lot of kids in this kind of like grew up and and got like very chiseled features. And I wonder if, you know, even though they're obviously getting paid or whatever, like they are kids making this movie and like it's, you know, a somewhat big deal. It's probably a kind of a difficult thing to be famous for among your peer group growing up. Yeah. I was thinking that um, it's just interesting that there was specifically a category of you know, overweight actors that they could pull from and like what it must have been like to audition specifically. Like you, you just go out and look for, you know, roles that describe that. Like that just, I don't know. It's a different kind of roles. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, so yeah, in in addition to the the two guys we just mentioned, we said Keenan Thompson's in this, you're right. There's like a stable of kids that fit this bill. It feels like the casting's really good. You have just oh, like yeah, yeah. very obvious archetypes that are pretty loosely drawn, but it's good. And I don't know. I always think the British kid's funny. Oh, yeah. He also didn't seem like he was that overweight at all. The British kid seemed like he was like... I, I think he was just there for camp and they just didn't understand. <laughs> yeah, he was just called Camp Hope. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like <laughs> it, if you're not getting like marketed it, you know, like, yeah, like, you oh, might just hope yeah. look at all these fun activities. They He's do like, oh, well, all the Americans here are nice for some reason instead of every other American I've met. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, yeah, they're no one's that, that like crazy. Like most of the kids are in the hundred, like 40 to 160 pound range. Yeah. You know? No. Yeah. Which no, is isn't anything like outrageous. Not really. No, not, not compared to when Ben still says he's like, I was like 300 pounds at age 11 <laughs> yeah like, you would be a giant ball sir oh yeah yeah it's um i do like when he's uh, he tells josh to get on the scale and he immediately goes good off get off the scale <laughs> he's very he's very good in this movie is yes. ben stiller yes turn the camera get off the scale camera's off <laughs> uh yeah man 
I love that they turn it around and make a video of him at the end. I thought that was really good. Oh, yeah. The show All the Parents. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I oh, like I was too. thinking like the end credits where he's like selling crystals to people. Oh, I, I must have missed that. It's like the same idea of Dodgeball where he like sings the milkshake song. Oh, geez. Okay. Wait, they do that in this movie too? Yeah, at the end of it. it Specifically that though? Or oh, no. Not the milkshake one, okay. but because I was saying like Dodgeball. Oh, yeah. Because that was what they did ball. for that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's what he like. He's going door to door, like selling like crystals to people. Nice. That's, that's his new like health craze. Door to door crystal salesman. That does seem to be the kind of level that that guy's on. But I mean, if we're being honest, um, seems like he's got a rich dad. He's going to be fine. Yeah. He makes his way up the crystal MLM and then he starts a, his own gym. Yeah. yeah. And dodgeball starts. Yeah. So that's obviously a, a pretty typical take away from this movie or I guess mostly after dodgeball comes out and this is still on TV pretty often or whatever people are like well oh yeah this is a uh, dodgeball is just a sequel to this movie yeah and um even having that in mind that that's been a joke that's been around for a while like it really would be a fairly simple fit yeah no you don't have to <laughs> so they have pretty similar backstories even the villains in those movies that ben stiller is playing yeah i almost googled i wanted to see if he used to like struggle with obesity as a kid or something because he seems to connect to those roles for some reason yeah i wonder um yeah i don't know and, and i don't i feel like dodgeball probably doesn't hold up that well but probably not <laughs> but uh this even even in this i think you know, it's him doing his really manic thing. He's almost on like a Jim Carrey sort of wavelength in this movie. I feel like, yeah. When he's talking back and forth to himself for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just, he's just doing the golem thing. That's whose fault is it? It's their fault. <laughs> Trixie hobbitses. Um, and yeah, another, another part that's always been burned into my brain is the, the hiking scene because one, I don't, want anyone to ever force me to hike that would be the most upsetting thing to me hey, hey ben you want to go on like a quick no. one mile hike i swear it's not actually 15 miles no and then i feel like i've been in a position where i have felt as though i've hiked for 20 miles and then someone tells me that they've decided to extend the hike indefinitely like mm. uh tony perkins does to the kids in this movie yeah i feel like i've been in a similar situation i'm sure it was more like half a mile and then another mile but still mm-hmm. I, I remember those that hike up in what was it northern mass new hampshire it was like oh yeah it's it's, it's only gonna be nine miles or like five miles and then it ended up being like 15 it, it was nine because it was supposed to be four four and a half up and back and, oh, then, and then it was like oh if you want to continue the loop it turned into like 13 or 15 miles we continued the loop yes i remember kayla was not happy i i i hated that yes Yes. Yeah, that sounds awful. I'd be mad at everyone for days. Well, It'd be really awkward on the drive back. Yeah, well, we ended up splitting into two groups. Oh, man, I would have been complaining. Oh, that, that you, was... You would have been with my group. There was, Were you guys complaining too? Yeah, the whole way up. Yeah, that would have been me. That w- Well, I wasn't with that group. I was with the other group. Yeah, it was like the other group like made it to the top. We got there, and then like they had already been resting for a while. Like, okay, let's keep going. <laughs> We had already been resting for an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Rude. yeah, at that point we probably you you guys probably I think we said you guys could go back down, but I don't no, know how the car situation. Like, no, we're going this way now. It's like the same distance. You oh, just geez. finished the loop. 
I don't think we do. Somebody told us that. No, we they found said it would out. be a very like rewarding thing. And yes, it was. It was a good time. I just did not prepare for that. <laughs> I would have brought more water or they, a more comfortable backpack. They didn't tell us. They just said it was about the same distance. And then we found out the real facts when we got to that station that sold the soup and stuff. Yep, it was too late. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, yeah when for me, especially I guess the part in the movie where he's like, "Oh, we're gonna do it indefinitely," and then he leaps onto the branch overhanging everything. You realize like how crazy he really is. Yeah, that branch thing is always. <sighs> so, yeah, there you, is you, like you would have just been gone, sir. Yeah, you would have. You can see, you can tell it's not like obviously real, but it's still kind of. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be a freaky thing for kids to say. Oh yes. yeah, <laughs> that's that's another thing where it just pushes like a, a step further into like real mania than you're maybe expecting in a movie like this. Oh, yeah. very much. <laughs> and then I, I like how they uh, they just make him look at Josh's butt. Yeah, they were thinking he was going to just go. Was, is there on. setup for that? I was like, does he fart on him? I, I think it was he was going to go real quick up and right into his butt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't get within like a foot of his butt, but then <laughs> like he chops the back of his knees to make him fall down. But this is, you got to remember, this is an attitude era in the WWE. So you got uh, Rikishi giving people stink faces. So that's mm. what they're playing on. They did, that, they did that prank in the army too, though. But then they just say, like, did you know you can't do a sit-up if you have a face cloth on your head? It's a good joke. It's, it's a great. It's a great joke. It's so hilarious. How many times that happened to you, Robbie? It didn't happen to me. I saw it happen a few times, though. Oh, no. People that should learn. Uh, um. I just move on. Somebody goes, you know, you can't do a sit up with a face call on your head. I just go, okay. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> yep. You just, you don't, you, just don't, you don't feed it. You don't feel like, you know, everyone's bored and someone's looking for some way to fuck around and you just don't, you don't ever, you don't bite. I, I, I do want to know who was the one that set up the, uh, the cage for Ben Stiller after <laughs> they trapped him in the hole. It was a very creative thing where they set up a electric fence cage. As, um, as with like all the uh, people who are celebrating at the Apache Relay, it does seem like most of the stuff in this movie is just happening to about eight of the campers. Yeah. But it seems like there's several other people also there. Oh, there's a lot. So of I'm kids. just guessing the kids who were back at the camp were told like yeah, a couple of kids who were like, I haven't been cheating, so I actually have lost like three or four pounds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like if they've been food deprived and haven't been cheating and stuff. Then. Oh, yeah. And he said it's only the people who gained weight who have to come on the hike. So and yeah, I, it's I don't think they were feeding them meat either because like th- they were like, I want, you know what I mean? So it seemed like it was like a liquid based diet almost. Yeah, so. it looked horrendous. Oh, but there was multiple cabins. So like there's definitely like a good at least hundred kids there. It was literally just like, oh, this is the one cabin and we're going to follow them. I do love that they were like, all right, let's see what the kids idea ideas is. And they're like, all right, we're going to lock Ben Stiller in a cage. Not the best, but yeah, he's being a dick. And we're going to tie the cancer counselors out in the woods and slather up in honey. Like, okay, this is where the other counselor should have been like, okay, yeah. all right. This one's a step a little too far. Um. Yeah, that's so definitely things that a kid would have come up with, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. And um, we'll put him in this, like, trap and then put him in a cage. And, yeah, we're just going to tie the other people to a tree. And it's like, whoa, you got, like, a couple months left, maybe? maybe? Maybe not a couple, but you have at least, like, maybe four or five weeks left. I leave these <laughs> people tied to trees, man. You can't I mean, do they, it. They, they it's they kid were, logic. <laughs> they were at least feeding them because they do give Ben food. 
Yeah. Well, no, that was fine enough because he was the person in charge. So it's like, yeah, keep him locked in. You can't call the authorities. We essentially run the camp until we want to go home. Yep. I like that Lars is a pretty big pushover and immediately like joins the team, but then gets like very into the team spirit apparently for the rest of the summer. Yep. Uh, we'll talk about the Apache relay in its own segment, but I love that he's just dressed as Andy Warhol the whole, all the whole time. He's he's German. He's very susceptible to just being you know, told what to do. <laughs> yeah, he, he appreciates clear orders. Um, so the scene before Josh gets taken uh, where he's, they do like the Seymour Butts joke. Yep. Uh, you can tell the audio isn't synced because that was a replacement joke that ah. they, that they, uh, because the original joke was instead of um, saying, oh, Seymour Butts did that. And then Uncle Tony says, who's Seymour Butts? And he says, no one's Seymour Butts than you, um, which is pretty good. It's, it's kind of like a slant thing. It's like, I guess that's an insult and I'm mad about it. It's kind of a weird thing to think about. Um, but he, he said Peter Fitz before and then. Tony says, who's Peter Fitz? And he said, anyone's Peter Fitz if you push hard enough. I guess Ooh. is I guess is what his mouth is what his mouth is saying in that scene. If you if you read lips. That's real bad for a kid's movie. Yeah, I don't think they that's that's just like I don't think they really saw this as a kid's movie. That's a Judd Apatow movie line. Like, yes, you can see that's like saying like you know how i know you're gay yeah it's like part of that run of jokes oh yeah uh because you like cold play well, like anyone's peter fitz if you push your heart up it's pretty much the sim- <laughs> similar level that, that's, that's like a good i haven't heard i've heard almost every variation of the like the names you know i don't i don't think i've ever heard peter fitz no i haven't heard that one either yeah it's kind of like a long walk but then yeah. it's like is that directed at me or like, is that an insult to the person you're saying it to? Or what are we talking about? It's like the nineties equivalent of a D's nuts. Cause those ones take a little bit to set up too. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, exactly. Uh, so that's, so that's one of the, that's definitely a joke they had to replace and probably didn't want to. And that's why they're like, well, we didn't film another one. And then just Disney's like, well, then this movie's not coming out. Yeah. So you just dub it over and it's not going to match, but whatever. It's funny because like when the Seymour Butts thing came up, I was like, oh, I wonder if this is like what started Seymour Butts becoming so popular. Like, I wonder if this is why I know Seymour Butts. Like if that kickstarted everyone saying you it all the time. You know Seymour Butts? I, oh, I know Seymour Butts. Who's Seymour Butts? I've seen a lot of Butts. Oh. Um, <laughs> just general camp stuff. The blob does look fun. Did you have anything like that at your camps? No. Was there was there a lake in your camp? There was a lake. Uh, there's got to be right. Yeah, that, got to arrange the lake so you a had lake. um like in ground pools and stuff like that. But no, the blob. I would have wished we had a blob. The thing looked real cool. I went yeah, it did. to a lake. Simple, but probably. Yeah, no, it was your traditional like. Here's a lake. We kind of put buoys out. You can't go past this. Mm-hmm. And there's like the far out like pier you could like swim to if you like pass swimming lessons. Yeah, it seems like the blob was kind of launching them right into the middle of that lake, though. Yeah, it looked like a good time. I, I can also see a lot of people getting whiplash from that, so it probably got discontinued real quick. <laughs> yeah, it's the nineties. I, I went to uh, a lake house like two summers ago, and one of the people out on the lake had a. Uh, one of the giant floating trampolines and they just said like feel free to like if you like i had my kayak so i rode up and got to use that a little bit that was really fun not quite the blob but like very similar where you get to like just yeah. go really high and jump right into the water they make you mm-hmm. sa- sign like all kinds of waivers and release forms for you to get no it's <laughs> like hey feel free yeah you think of like trampoline park stuff float yeah. away yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> Who put that there? It floated in from the ocean. <laughs> this is a lake in Maine. <laughs> uh, same thing, same thing. Um, th- those damn Arcadia trampolines always flowing into our lakes. Um, must have flown down from the mountains. Must have. Uh, let's talk about the Apache relay. Um, looks fun. <laughs> My sister and I always think like, you know, it'd be fun is the amazing race. I feel like we could beat these people. And this is essentially that, right? It's, it's, that's like a big relay race around the world. Yeah. This seems a lot simpler. I feel like I could have, I, I would have whipped these kids ass. I think. <laughs> I, I would have known all the paintings and random president knowledge. Yeah, that's that's pretty basic stuff. It's fine. <laughs> um, the equation that they solve that Nicholas says is eleven is not a. It's not true. It's not. Oh, nice. Uh, it's not a solvable equation. That's according to the internet. I didn't try myself. I'm not an idiot. You think I'm gonna waste my time with that with math? But a lot of people did go for free. This <laughs> yeah, it's actually a pretty good heckle. Um, because I'm sure people have paused that and spent time trying to figure it out only to find that it doesn't actually oh, yeah, do anything. Definitely. It's not a possible equation. Um, and yeah, I actually still think that go-kart bit of it's pretty good, pretty effective. It's nice that just like somehow it works out that they do start at exactly the same time, just about. <laughs> well, that of course. definitely makes it more dramatic. That's how that works. But- mm-hmm. I want to know how they were filming the go-kart scene because like you had no barriers, no hate, like no nothing. And they were just whipping around by all the parents. Oh, yeah. And it was like, you, you essentially have kids riding this. And I was like, there should be a lot more people getting hit. Yeah. So there's, there's that aspect of it. I also like that they show the main characters who aren't in the go-karts kind of chasing and watching and stuff. But they, they keep cutting through these go-karts in very different locations. It's like, there's no way they're standing in one spot where they can see all of this happening. Oh, no, I'm, I'm assuming. <laughs> and then they're at like, the finish when they get there. <laughs> I'm assuming it's like something that goes like around the whole lake. It seems like it's going uphill, downhill through the woods. Yeah, like, ac- across like the, go, like the yeah, docks. Across the docks and stuff. And yeah, these these are all over the place. This is, it's quite a sophisticated course that they've built. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, that moment where he does the the flyover thing. Yeah, like he's that looks practical, <laughs> and it doesn't look like there's dummies. It looks like they actually did that. Maybe not with children. Mm. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely no, definitely not, not with children. children. But, but I, yeah, I could, I could see how that would work. It's a pretty good stunt, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> and dramatic finish. He's got those. Uh, he's got that wing pin. Uh, so oh, yeah, captain. Call him captain the whole time, and he puts on like an old school British racing green helmet, and he has like the scarf, and he's wearing like a racing suit. Um, all of a sudden, uh-huh. fortunately, he didn't have to wear the rest of his team's <laughs> uniform, which hasn't held up super well. <laughs> not great. Not great. Nothing else really throughout the entire movie would lead you to believe that that was their uniform. <laughs> kind of seemed like they didn't have uniforms. Nope. I don't Just know like, why the other right. team... It's not even like thematically... Uh, Indians versus Romans. Yeah, it's but. not even like thematically equivalent, right? Because one's togas, one's headdresses like what are we doing yeah here, it did not make sense I, I guess it was they were going because they're mvp they're all like greek gods i guess that's what they're going for what is i guess olympians yeah olympians. what's camp help going for with the native american garb oh uh, i don't know that's what the, the apache, apache relay yeah but it's the apache relay for both teams oh anyway 
I'm glad yeah, I'm glad the good guys win the Apache relay. Looks fun. I like that it cuts and it does it shows you some of the events or the legs of the event in kind of full detail, but um when it shows each team member, each like respective team, the member from that team that enters the tent that has all like the trivia and, and math problems and stuff, mm. they're they're doing like a bunny hop. <laughs> And they only show a couple seconds of each of the kids doing that. We're like, wait, was that a leg? That was a leg. Because it's it's not just because they're jumping and you're like, oh, maybe they have their like feet tied together, but it's they they don't. Oh. They're just they got their hands up in front of them and they're both doing like a bunny up. I, I think they're the just having up. a good time. Yeah, I think they are too. It's like, what's the weirdest way we can make these kids enter this town? Maybe that's a real thing, but I just kind of struck my mind as Sure, like the you know the burlap sack race, sure, yeah. but this is not a thing. I don't. Think. It's the bunny hop race. It's the bunny hop race. Um, the only thing it it definitely seemed like Camp MVP should have had more of a lead. Probably, right? yeah. Uh, well, I think they had like a crazy lead and just like, oh yeah, it's just jocks are dumb, and like that was just the stigma they were going for. Yeah, uh, and it does say, I noticed on at least at. Kenny, who's dressed like Albert Einstein's station, it does say that there's a six-minute limit, or maybe it says that at the vice president's trivia station. Yeah, I did see those, like, the six-minute things. Um, so it would make sense if you're... Obviously, they're not going to show that entire time because the whole sequence is about six minutes long, but um, I guess if you put in your mind that it's taking them almost 12 minutes more than it's taking the other kids, then, like, okay maybe that kid got up the wall and it took camp MVP, like no time at all. Maybe it took that kid like seven minutes or something. Right. But it didn't look like if they got up the wall wall twice as quick, but then they spent six minutes on a problem. Yeah. That was, you know, an extra 15 minutes compared to six, 15 seconds compared to six minutes. Right. Yeah. And and um, we'll we'll just assume there's other things and like the, the whole like knowledge thing. They had the paintings, the presidents, the equation and six minutes each. They didn't have enough, uh, that was all the adults yeah. <laughs> that they could thematically dress up. Uh, maybe there was multiple rounds. Um, the top of that climbing wall was like a zip line too. And I always wanted to see which uh, Camp Hope kid would have done the zip line. I feel like that could have been fun. I'm assuming it was whoever they pushed him up the thing, right? He, the Camp MVP, one guy climbs it and hands it to another oh, guy and he does right, the zip right. line. I forgot about that. So, you know, may- maybe they actually show it in that scene if the camera like points up, but I don't think they Maybe do. it's the um, it just the kid who answers the questions gets ziplined over. Maybe it just seems like a missed opportunity for a fairly cheap and easy joke mm-hmm. to have like a like a chubby kid on a zipline. Oh, and like it like drag across the floor kind of thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. I'm just it's good that this movie's above that. I guess. Mm-hmm. They probably weren't trying to make those jokes. Although I will say something that seems obviously cut out is there's a couple times as Jerry's getting ready in the cart, and then also right at the end. One of the kids is dressed unlike anyone else. He has on, um, it's either supposed to be a crown or, but it looks like a really large fez with some like intricate detail around it. And his face is painted with like red semicircles. And, um, he's wearing, um, like a Royal, like cape and no shirt. And it is not evident that he's in any event. And he's not dressed like no one else is remotely dressed like that. And so it begs the question, 
Is there a deleted scene where there's a reason that kid's wearing that? Probably. It reminds me of like when they were at nighttime getting Lars to come back and help them, but uh, mm-hmm. like how their faces were painted. But I don't think that's yeah. a leftover from that scene. No, no. Well, because that was with the food that they were smearing on their bodies. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah, because it's during their um, their food explosion. Yes, yes. Yeah, my, my only thought would be they were part of the Apaches were like, oh, cool, a cloak, and then turned into a legionnaire. Yeah, it was. it's it's a weird look. I hadn't noticed that kid before, and he's in a couple shots hmm. fairly prominently. Like, there's only a few people with Jerry when he's getting ready, and then he's one of the main kids, like, near the podium when they're getting the trophy. Um, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, we should mention that that scene's pretty good, too, when they're having, like, the food freak out. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And then Pat pumps him up afterwards. And the the subtext of that is that he would have been right there with him if he didn't. It seems it seems like he got late. Yeah, I think he got late. Like, oh yeah. And then he comes back with his hair more combed than it's ever been, wearing like a button down shirt and and long pants for literally the only time in the movie. Yeah, it's so like you, oh, yeah, you get late and then you immediately have a housewife. She takes care of your clothes, makes sure you're neat and tidy. Well, yeah, it's the nineties. <laughs> yeah. It's just definitely subtext that I wouldn't have picked up on at the time. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, well, it seemed like he wanted to join them. Why is he not? Why is it he like changed his entire personality overnight? Um, Yeah, no, he's he's going to have sex instead. Yeah. Another scene obviously cut from this (laughs) children's movie. (laughs) It's like, well, the kids are distracted for a while. Uh, So there's a band called the Apache Relay, or at least they were a band. I don't know if they're still active that I... Uh, I actually interviewed back in the day when I was still in radio. Uh, pretty good. They have a couple, couple songs that got some like alternative radio play in the mid twenty tens, early twenty tens. Um, they have a really good song called "Katie Queen of Tennessee." Check it out. It's good. Hmm. It's kind of got like a throwbacky kind of vibe to it. Good stuff. <laughs> um, and yeah, so that all that to say, what a cultural impact the Apache relay has had. It is kind of funny, like the way that community always made fun of Glee for talking about regionals that throughout this movie, people keep being like that Apache relay is coming up. <laughs> You're like, Oh, is that going to be a big deal? And it's like, kind of, it's also only going to take up like six minutes, but they, they treat it like a big deal. But yeah. What did, uh, what was the community joke? Just anytime they make, f- they made fun of Glee a lot throughout the run of the show. And then the Taron Killam episode, where it's the Christmas one where um, they have to be the Glee Club. Oh, right, right, right. And they're key, they, everyone keeps talking about regionals. Oh, and then, and then oh, after regionals, is that, the sectionals. Is regionals going to be a thing? Like, oh, okay, okay. And after regionals, the sectionals, and then like super regionals and subsectionals. And they end up quitting, so they don't nationals have to do all and, the... Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, community's good. Should watch Community that. is good. <laughs> I didn't watch Oh, you everyone to, should watch that. You're talking to talking to the viewers, the audience, talking to the viewers. Yeah, viewers like you, viewers like you, and you, PBS. <laughs> All right, is there anything else we want to say about the film Heavyweights? Mm. Uh, good to break our egg on Ben Stiller. He's still obviously active, mostly behind the camera. He was just the showrunner, and he got a best director nomination at the Emmys. The nominations just got announced as we're recording this a few days ago. Um, for Severance, which is on Apple TV. Hmm. Severance. Uh, I just watched it. It's really good. Is uh, Did Jerry Stiller pass? Yeah. yeah. And so did Ann Mira. It's fairly yeah. recently, no? 
In the last couple of years, I think. Yeah. 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 So Ben Stiller is still going strong, not in front of the camera too much anymore. Mm. I was looking at his career. I, f- I feel like there's, there's a period of time where he's on like an absolute heater, but that's kind of early thousands. And now Zoolander. Yeah. It's, it's around Zoolander. He's makes, I think it's meet the parents, Zoolander, Royal Tannenbaums, all like back to back years. Mm. Uh, and that's just like three very different performances. <laughs> And Dare they're all really good. And, blood. Yeah. And then, yeah, and Dodgeball's just a couple of years after that. So, yep. Um, and he's one, one of our, one of our finest, I guess. He's something. He's something special. That's for sure. Yeah. It's uh severance was awesome. I mean, they're, they're nominated for like 14 Emmys, but they're, they're going to probably lose all of them to succession, but hmm. um, still, still really good. Well, that's just the order of succession. I guess it is. Um, okay. Well, the rest of this podcast has been canceled due to lack of hustle. Uh, damn. Um, on Letterboxd every week, I will collect and post our ratings on a scale of one to five by halves of any scale of our choosing on each movie that we do. You can check that list at letterboxd.com and our Letterboxd is late to the movies. That's the number two. What would you guys give this and out of what? Uh, Set the tone. Give it a four out of five. What was the the Peter joke again? Okay, so you're going to give this... You gave something a three and a half pretty recently. Yep. Ian, you gave E.T. a three and a half. Yep. You're giving this a four out of five. Yep. Okay. <laughs> uh, what was the what was the Peter name? Fitz. Peter, Peter Fitz? Yeah. Uh, four out of five Peter Fitz. Cool. What do you think? I'd say it's like your, um, like summer camp comedy kind of movie, like just being in that genre. I'd give it like a three and a half Twinkies. Yeah. Like out of five. I think it's a fun movie. Like it didn't break any grounds, but I still had a good time watching it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, think that's about fair. as good as E.T. I think that's fair. So we've, um, we've talked about this a lot on my, my rating scale is more of a resonance. Like how much did it resonate with me? It's resonated with me a lot as a kid. And and I still think it's actually pretty good. Um, so judging it as I've been judging most of the movies recently on like, does it do what it's trying to do? And I think it's like a kid's camp movie with a kind of oddball energy. It does that. It's probably a four out of five on just a scale of, if we were actually looking at this as a movie, it's like a two or two and a half out of five. But whatever, I'm going to give it a four bodies out of five. I definitely feel like it shouldn't have gotten such a low like score. That's weird. Well, while we're here, let me just look that up. Because maybe you're right. Maybe it's like maybe it's been review bombed for the Apache Relay segment where they're. Because um... I mean, like it wasn't a terrible movie. Like I had a fun time. Like it wasn't something I probably would have gone to the movies and saw it several times, but it was a fun ride. Yeah. Okay. So it's 29% out of seven reviews, which is what? Two out of the seven were positive, maybe? Something like that. So so it must be contemporary to when the movie came out if there's only seven. Nope. One of the positive ones is a 2012 review. Hmm. Most of these are from the early thousands, it looks like. Um, Most of the negative reviews on here, and this is why I don't think Rotten Tomatoes is much of a thing about anything. Of the seven that they've counted, only three have any writing along with them. So for, for, so for all time, it is a 29% based on that. 
The, the, so the most recent one, the 2012 review, time has been kind to this to the discarded Fat Camp movie, <laughs> finding heavyweights more digestible th- these days. After years spent processing the askew sense of humor shared by Apatow and company. Uh, as weird as that is phrased, I do think that's an interesting thing that the comedy in this movie does have a lot in common with Apatow and Paul Feig's, the rest of their output, and maybe we're just more used to that. Now. Maybe this helped make their other movies so much more successful because it was got people people got to have that like, oh, this is weird reaction, and then the next time they see it, they're like, oh, oh, this is this is the thing he was doing yeah, before. This is just the theme, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I would say that it de- definitely didn't age well, you know? Yeah. I, I thought it was fun. Yeah. Apatow is credited as acting in this movie, playing the character of Homer. And um, no one seems to know who that is. If you check the internet, no one knows. <laughs> uh, I don't think he, I, I looked for him in some of the crowd shots towards the end. It's where it seems like he would have been, but nope, not there. <laughs> I, on that note. Yeah. Go out there. Be skinny wieners. Uh, thanks for being on the pod, Will and Robbie. No problem. Always a pleasure. You can find us on, on uh, letterbox. Like I said, late to the movies on Instagram, late to the movies underscore podcast. Anytime I put that kind of pronunciation on the two, that means it's the number, not the letters, uh, late to the movies at gmail.com. If you want to tell Noah what song we should sing before the next episode, um, and he's also looking for a pen pal. So if anybody wants to be that his pen too. pal. He's, he's very lonely. He just told me. Um, the rest of this month is going to be summer camp movies. We've got on the docket after heavyweights, which is starting it off kind of normal in no particular order. Sorry. I don't know what, which ones we're doing net yet. Next Friday, the 13th moonrise kingdom and wet hot American summer are all on the docket. This is a five Monday month. So we'll figure out a fifth one, too. All right, what are we calling this month? Oh, shit. I'm supposed to be thinking of a... Oh, no. It can be summer camp month. No. This will be a month-long discussion of trying to figure it out. Yeah. Ben Stiller is so weird. His line deliveries are great in this. We should have just been quoting him the whole time. thought the villain was a bit over the top. That was... I (laughs) loved that line. That was so great. The breaking of the glasses and walking across was was a little bit extra. And I love that, like, the, the end of it is he just takes himself out from too many backhand springs. <laughs> and, and for whatever else, he, he does, like, a chop against, like, the yeah. father. Yeah, and I'm, you know, does Jeffrey Tambor deserve that? Maybe. It's not for me to say. All right, thanks, thanks guys. No, <laughs> no problem. problem. It's always fun. Yeah.